I'm Nicole Matthews, corporate America dropout turned entrepreneur and owner of The Henley Company, an event travel and lifestyle management firm. It wasn't that long ago that I was dreading my drive to my fancy corporate job each day or felt disenfranchised with the work I was doing. In 2007, I jumped off the corporate escalator and directly into the elevator of opportunity. Today, I'm an author, speaker, educator, and serial asker. I wholeheartedly believe that your life changes when you start creating your own opportunities and making big asks. Hands down, the business and life I have today is 100% the product of giving myself permission to design the life I want to live. It was always my dream to work at the Olympics, and by making a big ask, that dream became a reality. I now have multiple Olympic projects to add to my life resume. I created the Big Ass Podcast to share these best practices with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hungry for revenue generating tips or an individual restless to make a significant change, the life you want to live could be just one big ask away. Get ready to be entertained by real life stories, no filter conversations, and inspired by the daily hustle. So let's get started. This is the Big Ass Podcast. everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Big Ass Podcast. I'm Nicole Matthews. Today, we're going to go deep into networking and the power of connection. And I'm happy to introduce Bobby Umar, one of the most prolific heart-based leaders in North America. Check out these credentials. He's been named one of the top 100 leadership speakers, one of the top influencers in the world with over 500,000 followers, five times TEDx speaker. He hosts a weekly tweet chat called The Power of Connection, which reaches over 65 million impressions weekly, and he's also one of the top seven networking gurus. Pretty impressive, Bobby. So coming to us from Toronto today, Bobby, welcome to the Big Ass Podcast. Uh, thanks, Nicole. Happy to be here. Oh, it's so great to see you. It's been a while since you and I have actually yeah. seen each other face to face, so it's really nice to nice to connect to you. Thank, thank goodness for technology. Um, yeah, so I and, gave and a networking connection, right? It's great. That's right, exactly. The power, the power of networking. So I gave a little bit of your background um, there in the intro, but tell us a little bit more um, about Bobby. Sure. For the most part, I've been a professional speaker and trainer for 15 years, traveling around the world uh, to conferences and companies and schools and colleges, talking about leadership. And in that, the three kind of themes kind of emerged from my expertise. One was networking, authentic connection with people. The second one was uh, on personal branding. And the third one is on digital influence and digital social media marketing. And I, I kind of relate them all to my main hashtag brand, which is called the power of connection. Personal branding is connection with self. Networking is connection with others. And digital marketing is connection with the world. And mm -hmm. so I've been doing that for uh, 15 years. And then the last five years, I've started re uh, recently launching uh, online programs as well as coaching around networking. I have a networking master program, a speaker mastermind program, speaker confidence program, and now I'm launching a personal branding program. So uh, I do a little bit of that. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And then in the current uh, COVID world, I've had to do a significant major pivot to doing more coaching consulting and, uh, and, and to do more virtual stuff. And that's really what I'm focusing on now. Great. So I don't think most little boys want to grow up to be a professional speaker. So what, yeah. um, how did you eventually, <laughs> um, how did you eventually uh, figure out that that was what, where you're, where you could best serve the world? Well, you know, it was nagging at me for many, many years, but I was ignoring the signs, you know, and uh, when I was working in brand marketing and I did an offsite and I just kind of ran a team building event and they're like, wow, you're still going to relate it back to business. You ever thought about doing this for a living? I was like, no, not really. Uh, you know, I, I want to make it to the VP level. You know, I want to make it big in this industry. 
And then I, I was working for a couple of youth programs and I, I met a motivational speaker. He said, Bobby, you're so good at making emotional connection. You should do this for a living. I was like, no, no, I'm trying to make it in the corporate world, you know? And then finally, when the corporate world didn't really pan out as well as I wanted, and I was trying to think what's my next move, my four best friends said, have you ever thought about doing speaking for a living? And I was like, you know what? I have. <laughs> I have. <laughs> and so then I dove in my personal brand and I spent about three to six months kind of figuring out my values and what I cared about, did a bunch of surveys. I had a lot of time, you know, I had a nice package, so I wanted to figure it out. And what, what screamed at me was certain aspects of my brand that said, you know, nurturing people, performing, persuading, influence, diversity. And I was like, you know what? Speaking is the way to go. And so that's when I decided to completely go full in and launch my business. And I think it can be kind of overwhelming to get into the professional speaking circuit. So um, let's break down those steps if we can. So if I want to now become a professional speaker, what what what's your best advice for me to on the road for that? Well, number one is figure out who the target audience is and who you serve and how you serve them. I think that's the first thing because you can't serve everybody. I have a message for the world. That doesn't work. What you want to build a business, it's got to be very specific. Then number two, a lot of speakers don't know how to create a strong speaker brand story. So having a brand around themselves, a speak, uh, story around themselves, as well as key topics that they will put out there and people are going to want to buy and purchase and, and hire them for. I think they, they have a hard time doing that. And the third thing is you got to put together your marketing materials and your marketing strategy and your pitching strategy to get up there and pitch and negotiate and book those, book those uh, events. Mm-hmm. And I think those are probably the big three things that uh, everyone struggles to do properly, but that's what you need to do. Yeah. And you have to start small. I mean, really start, you know, doing kind of that community-based stuff to, to sort of see what what starts to land for you, really, in terms of content and audience reaction. I mean, wouldn't you say that's a great training ground to just kind of keep doing, you got to speak in order to speak, right? It, it is. I mean, it, it is. Although I will say, though, that for certain people, if they have a strong thought leadership brand already, they can go pretty high in the beginning. So, like, let's say Bill Gates wasn't a speaker. And he's like, you know, I've run, I've run IBM and I've made a billion dollars. I want to go speak. He will be able to set a very high price and get out there and do stuff. Other people are just starting out. I mean, again, it depends on your brand and your value and expertise, but you know, you can actually build a strong one and get going. Other, other people have to do more, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a little bit of groundwork in terms of, I always recommend to my clients to do panels. Panels are easy, right? You just show up, talk, show your magic, show how charming and fun you can be and insightful you are. And people say, Hey, I want to bring this person to my event. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. And then um, heart-centered leadership. Let's get into that a little bit. So can you define that for me? Yeah, the idea is that it's based on leveraging values that are heart-based. So when I look at some of my core values and how I run the way I, everything I do from my business to my work to my speaker, as well as an influencer on Twitter and and LinkedIn, uh, values of kindness, empathy, forgiveness, love. These are the driving forces behind what I do and how I engage people. And, you know, a good example is actually on Twitter. You know, Twitter is a lot of hate and divisiveness and trolls, right? And when they come at me, I respond back with love and kindness or try to understand them. Uh, yeah. You know, until, it's such time, until there's a time to let them go. But I don't sure. see, I, I see no reason to be divisive as they are. So I just respond back in kind. You know, why did you say that? Or how do you, what makes you feel this way? Or can I maybe help uh, offer a different perspective and see what they say? Yeah. And when I do that, I, you know, obviously some people don't come back in the right way. Other people do. And that serves me really well. It also serves in terms of relationships because when you have a heart-based kind of leadership mentality, um, people remember that, right? Mm-hmm. How you make people feel is what everyone remembers. And yeah. you make them feel fantastic. They will remember you even years down the road. 
kind of like you yeah. did. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I, I remember you and I, we, we said uh, we were involved in an event where we were both speakers, yeah. um, actually in, um, in California. And I remember very vividly you and I having our first um, engagement and feeling like I was the only person in the room that you were talking to which was, right. you know, which was appreciated. You were very connected and, yeah. um, and genuinely interested in who I was and yeah. what I was working on and, you know, who I wanted to be in the world. And I, and I, you know, all these years later, I do remember having that conversation <laughs> with you, which is why, you know, right. we're having this conversation today right. because it was such a lovely experience then. And we, you know, stayed connected through social media over, over those, um, those years. But, but how lovely that was to just have that moment with you as, as strangers and felt like yeah this is somebody who I could connect with after this speaking experience is is over yeah and I think the other thing that you did well that we both did well was following up with the conversations and connecting again and having calls and things like that mm-hmm. you know I met a lot of people that that that, that trip and I remember you know a half a good half dozen of them but mm-hmm. you're one of the ones that stayed in touch and followed up and so that's why we're able to create this connection that's an important piece of networking and connecting right the follow yeah. up yeah, no, definitely. So let's get into networking a little bit since you are a networking guru. Um, is that a, is that a learned skill? How did you, how did you learn how to, how to be a great at networking? Well, I think a lot of people are natural, natural connectors and that's fine. Some of us are not. And I think so there's some of us who have abilities naturally to, you know, lead or to be connectors and things like that. Other people need to learn the skills, but, you know, I think most of us understand that, that people are going to be, uh, an asset that's important in our lives, whether it's our corporate career, entrepreneurs, or even our personal lives. So we have to get good at talking to people and connecting with people. I think it's really important. Even if you're a lab rat and you don't want to talk to anybody, you still have to have a few connections with people. You have to be able to be, otherwise you lose opportunities. You know, someone who's not charming or someone who's like just, you know, kind of a grump or, you know, it's Mm -hmm. awkward, they lose opportunities. So I think you can learn certain things. And I think so so the, the key for me is whatever your personality is, Let's identify what the strengths are in you. So if you're, let's say, an introvert, do you have strengths of introspection, planning, organization, listening, right? If you do, we can take those skills and hone you to become a master networker. If you're an extrovert like me and you, you know, you're social and you talk a lot, maybe one thing we can do is take your strengths and use those to help you become a master networker. And maybe work on the things that maybe shouldn't be where you kind of maybe blab too much or you talk too much and learn to tone it down. So there's things you can do for any type of person to help them develop into becoming a networking master. Yeah. And how has networking changed, do you think, in, given COVID, the fact that we're not, you know, all seeing each other face-to-face other than through Zoom or the online platforms? So what would you say in terms of, you know, this new chapter that we're in and how to best network, given the fact that we're not all physically in the room together? I mean, we think of networking as that, you know, cocktail party, business card exchange sort of experience, sure. but, but how have we had to, to modify that given where we are in the world at the moment? Well, it's interesting because a lot of things have changed in the sense that when, when 2020 started, I was going to launch a brand new speech I had, and I called it the Future of Connection Now. And it was going to talk about the crossroads between technology and disconnection of technology, as well as all the, all the machines we're using all the time and platforms like Slack and Asana and Facebook, mm-hmm. and LinkedIn. And, and, uh, and now COVID has advanced some of those things in terms of the platforms we're using and advanced some of the technology we we're trying to use. At the same time, we're also becoming more, uh, it's also advancing our gratitude around the disconnection of you just going to parks and going on a hike and having time with your family 
and not worrying about all that stuff that you did before. So uh, that said, a few things have come up. You know, one is, of course, is constantly, constantly trying to stay in touch with people and, you know, booking calls and booking meetings, whether it's a phone call or a video call. I mean, just staying connected with the outside world, you know, talk, calling my mom more often than I used to, calling my brothers. <laughs> like my brother calls me, you know, a couple times a week, which he never did before, you know, yeah. and just checking in like, okay, what's, you know, what's up? <laughs> and it's nice. I love it. So, so that, that's a big shift. The, the other big shift is um, the intimacy factor. So normally I'd meet people over coffee, but now I'm inviting them into my home, as you can see, like there's my mm-hmm. family flag. And mm-hmm. so there's an intimacy now with this, these video calls. We are, mm-hmm. you know, I'm wearing a t-shirt, we're in each other's homes. Right. Uh, and so I think I'm actually having some really deep conversations just on video, which is actually kind of cool. And yeah. they're harder to do when you're at, at a coffee shop or in a, you know, a business meeting or like a business conference, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's actually really interesting. Uh, and uh, at the same time, I think that we have to manage the three big, challenges of COVID, which I, I always talk about. One is the uncertainty principle. There's so much uncertainty between next year, this fall, next month, and even the next two weeks, because mm-hmm. even two weeks from now, they'll make an announcement about how we're doing. But we don't mm-hmm. know about something happened a week ago that will then re- result in something a week later, because this is a two weeks, two week kind of uncertainty uh, mm-hmm. timeline with COVID. And so we don't know, we don't know what the, what's going to happen a week or two from now. So it's really challenging. The second piece of what we call the overwhelm principle. So the overwhelm of information, what to do on everything, the overwhelm of disinformation in terms of sorting through that kind of stuff, and then the overwhelm of tasks in terms of our business, our kids, our families, our health, trying to navigate all that kind of stuff, which leads to the, the third thing, which is mental wellness and mental well-being. We have to figure out how to navigate that, and I think it's going to be a huge challenge for us. And that's another reason why uh, connection both mm-hmm. when it comes to personal connection with our families, connection with our friends and our family, and connection with communities and building strong, robust communities is going to be really, really important. In fact, just, yeah. just a couple of days ago, I announced on Facebook for my friends. I said, look, I'm looking to put together just a weekly call with my favorite Facebook buddies who like to talk about all the issues of the day. Let's just talk just mm-hmm. for an hour. And, mm-hmm. and, and people are like, yeah, let's do this. And, and, and I think it's a great idea because we just want to create that community where we feel connected to something other than our daily routine, which you know, we find you know, every day seems to be like Groundhog Day. Right? It's the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again. And yeah. so I think having that com- so I think community online is going to be really, really key for both brands, businesses, as well as people just working from home. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And I feel really grateful that we are, that this moment is happening with this technology because could you imagine 20 years ago what this would experience would have been like had we not had the capacity to still do face-to-face even through a screen um how isolating absolutely let me add one more thing too which is the Mm -hmm. the importance of our online presence right so Mm -hmm. we now have to think about what our LinkedIn profiles look like what is our online presence what kind of content are we doing you're doing these podcasts i'm doing live casts um, we all have to be build, build, building a strong thought leadership personal brand mm-hmm. online. I think it's a huge thing that people are, are thinking about and how they're pivoting and, and repositioning themselves. And I think we all have to get good at the technology. So like someone who becomes a Zoom expert, they're going to do quite well. Someone who's good at yeah. teaching kids online, they're going to do quite well. Uh, mm-hmm. Even in the speaking world, there are, you know, of all the speakers that I know, there are some of them who don't translate well into the, the virtual space and they're going to struggle. I think they're going to have a hard yeah. time. And so what about someone like myself who can train them to be better virtual speakers online? So right. these are all things that, you know, we have to switch for the new normal. 
Yeah, or definitely. The now normal, as we call it. The now normal. Yeah, that's normal. that's so true. That's so true. Um, you spend a lot of your time or your energy in social media. Um, and so why Twitter? I know Twitter for you is, 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 is like another arm. <laughs> it's yeah. like a, an appendage for you. So, um, so what, why Twitter and, um, and how did you go about building that community? I mean, at some point you only had, you know, one follower and now you right. have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. And so how did that process go? Because I think people oftentimes just look at the number of followers and they don't understand the process it took to get to that. So, so yeah. um, let's talk a little bit about that process sure. of social. So, I mean, it's the same process as I've done on LinkedIn to build 55,000 followers, right? So on Twitter, the idea was to create great content, to be engaging, um, to leverage influencers, to leverage hashtags, there are certain strategic follows that you do of people that you think would resonate with your message. And, and uh, I think that's important, having a strong follow-back strategy of people that follow you and you want to follow them back to show that you're willing to listen to their, their message. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to, uh, number one, your content, right? And number two, you know, the consistency around your engagement and how you engage people because I'm, I'm quite engaged on there. And so by doing so, I get a lot more traction around uh, building it. And so when I first joined Twitter, you know, I remember within five within six months, I had 5,000 followers. And now it's like, okay, this is good. Like, this is working really well. Yeah. People are engaging. <clears throat> I booked my first uh, speaking gig off of Twitter because someone liked my content. So it, all, it really comes down to that. And same with, same with, uh, with LinkedIn, you know, creating great content, leveraging influencers, leveraging hashtags, responding to people in mm -hmm. a kind manner so that more people will want to follow you. And pretty soon you get, you know, what happens is you start, people start tagging, you start getting listed, you start getting named and things. And next thing you know, things just start to take off because people like, like your brand, like what you're, what you're talking about. Yeah. And so now you still do your weekly <clears throat> tweet chat called the power of connection. Actually, we've since uh, we've we've actually uh, stopped it. Uh, okay. Very very recently, and the reason is because uh, again, life is busy, and we we came to the conclusion that it's just been too much now to to take on stuff. Yeah. Um, so. But what was uh, the intention of it? So would you would you drop a question in, and everyone would con contribute to yeah, that so question, the, or? Yeah. The way it worked was you basically had uh, well, actually, we had more questions. We usually had six to ten questions uh, on a topic. So let's say the topic was. Let's say, let's say the topic was personal branding. Okay, so then I would throw out six to 10 questions on personal branding. Everyone who's watching would answer. I would also give my, my answers and people would retweet each other and comment mm -hmm. or reply. It was actually, what was amazing about it, it was an incredible way to crowdsource information in one hour. Because you could get like, you know, a dozen or sometimes even a hundred people all comment on that same conversation and you'd have like incredible amounts of information in just one hour of- uh, yeah time and so that was kind of cool i really like that aspect of tweet chats and i sometimes still guest host tweet chats every once in a while people ask me and i'll do them because you know one of the things of being on twitter is i've learned to become really good at the fast <laughs> and sometimes they're good they're good golden nuggets you know i'm really good at being concise i'm really good at doing it fast yeah, exactly. And I think as you're developing new content too, it's a good tool for you to sort of test what what's resonating with people or where there are additional questions for people um, too, is by using by using social media and just kind of dropping it in and seeing what sort of reactions that you're getting. Yeah, I mean, the best part about building a brand is, and most people don't do this, they don't just start. Like just put, put something out there, put something on Twitter, put something on LinkedIn, put it on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are. And just see mm -hmm. what happens, and and you know, make it some, make it, make it engaging, make it informative, make it entertaining, make it make, make it insightful, not something mm -hmm. you know boring or people don't care about. 
But if you do right. that, I mean, people will start to engage. When I started on Twitter, all I started out with was, I called it power of connection rule number one. And I said, smile. Then the next day, I tweeted once per day back in the day. Power of connection number two, listen. And that's all I did, right? And then eventually people started responding back. And next thing you know, I was engaging people and I started tweeting even more and more. Yeah. Is it hard to come up with content every day? For me, no. Um, it's, very, <laughs> it's, it's very easy for me because I can take any content. Like, like I just say, you know, here's my mask that I wore today, right? It says, uh, you can read this, oh, yeah. I'm too close. Um, I could do a post on that right now if I wanted to, right? Yeah. I, could just, I could just say, what's the, what's the lesson I learned about masks? Well, masks to me remind me of seatbelts. They remind me of, you mm-hmm. know, not, non-smoking areas. Eventually, right. in the beginning, people hated it, but eventually they got used to it because it was for health and safety. So, you know what? I'll just get used to it. You know, yeah. I can do, you know, I can, you know, like a mouse. Uh, here's my mouse. I can make a post about why I still use a mouse and most millennials don't. And, and I'll say, the mouse makes me faster. And I say, you know what? I love millennials, mm-hmm. God bless them. But if we had an Excel competition and they did it without their mouse, I would beat them, even though I'm a Gen X. <laughs> right? I mean, they still want to do it their way and that's fine. But, yeah. You know, like, that's a blog post. Like, I mean, <laughs> the, right. the thing is, you take any sort of content and you just say, here's the what, here's the so what, and what do I want to say about it? Yeah. I, what I really enjoy is how authentic you are in all of your posts. I know you've, you've, um, you talk a lot about your, your weight struggles and just, you know, being, uh, being a husband and a family man and a, you know, professional and all the, all the things that make texture to life. And you are not afraid to share those vulnerabilities and those um, honest moments. And I think that's, that's certainly why, you know, I've um, continued to engage with you just because I love the authenticity that you bring, especially to social media in a world where it's so easy to be anything but authentic on social, right? Everybody just wants to see the pretty picture. So, um, so was that a choice for you or, or, um, you know, how did, how did that become part of your brand as well? Well, when I started launching my brand and thinking about my overall thought leadership brand was, you know, there's lots of questions about, should I have two accounts on Instagram or two Twitter accounts? There's my business, there's my yoga enthusiast, and then there's me as a dad, you know, like how do you, and ultimately I was like, man, that just sounds exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and so I was like, well, you know, for each, each one I'm on, there's a certain, there's certain things I talk about. Uh, and it's far easier to be yourself than to be mm-hmm. someone you're not. And so when yeah. I talk about branding, like be authentic, like, gosh, why do you want to spend the rest of your life living someone that you're not? Spend the time being who you are. And it's far mm-hmm. easier. It's less, it's, uh, you know, it's less of a chore to change who you are. So I think authenticity is a key part not just a branding and connecting, but just mm-hmm. a, just a, you know running a, a business that you're doing and, and being an entrepreneur. So I think uh, I chose that eventually, and I was like, you know, and now I, I stick to it quite well. Like, I mean, I basically have one brand across the board. Now each one has different things. Like you know, Facebook is for personal shares as well as maybe things that are, that are personal to me, like social justice, diversity, things like that. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn is mostly professional stuff, but twenty percent is, is personal. And then Twitter is far more political and personal and Twitter is mostly everything. I'll do, I'll do humor jokes. I'll talk about star Wars. I'll talk about mm-hmm. Marvel <laughs> Avengers. Like I'll talk about anything there um, yeah. because it allows me to. So, you know, I have a different methodology for each of the different platforms, but ultimately mm-hmm. they're all things that I care about and are, are, are me. And I think it's just, it's just easier. Like don't you want it to be easier? Don't you want to spend yeah. time being yourself or someone else? I mean, that to me is the ultimate. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. No. I agree. I agree completely. It also connects with people too, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just that authenticity is so so important. So who are you um, looking up to these days? Who are you counting as mentors? Mm, that's a good question. Um, well, I mean, uh, my business coach is a good mentor. I, I like soundboarding things off him. I think he's great. Um, I love following people like Brenny Brown and Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. I think the stuff they talk about, they're, they're too different. But like, mm-hmm. you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's all about the hustle, entrepreneurship, and kindness. Yeah. And then Brandon Brown's all about vulnerability, authenticity, and things like that. And I love that too. And they're very different in terms of style, but I think those are people that I really love seeing what they're doing. And Have you had a chance to meet Gary V yet? No, you know, like I came so close. It's yeah, I so know. I saw that video. <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah, I almost had the chance. It didn't work out. Um, we we exchanged a few messages here and there, but uh, nothing, uh, nothing personal, nothing live. Someday. Yeah. Someday. That's right. Yeah. Someday. Now I agree with you. Those two are both amazing thought leaders and, and at the heart of everything they're doing is, is kindness and, and vulnerability. And I think that that's really an important lesson that you can be both wildly successful and also have heart. And that is sometimes lost in translation. Right. So I think that's really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk a little bit about a big ask since that's the theme of the podcast. Sure. So have you um, had to make big asks in your life and in your business and what was the process for that and and what was the result uh yeah so i mean given that i'm pivoting from the fact there's no speaking events and uh, even the ones in the fall are either canceling or they're turning to virtual um you know i have to think about how i want to you know navigate this and so mm-hmm. i started sending out emails to a bunch of people and started doing having conversations via email and pretty soon with the, within those email exchanges i started asking say listen uh, i'm looking for help like, here's what's yeah. happening. My my, his, I said here's my my industry is devastated. I'm pivoting to this. Uh, I'm asking, and I asked them for help. And I, I offer to help too, but I say like sure. I'm looking to help each other out. So I, that to me is a big ask. And yeah. then the other big ask was I actually went to one of my uh, my cousin actually, and I said, look, uh, if there's an opportunity to do some work for your learning, he's a learning development development company. I said, listen, there's an opportunity to, to do work for your company. Because uh, you've been asking me for years, I'm mean, I've always <laughs> I've always ignored you for ten years. <laughs> so I said, but I said I could use some support. You can can you help me out? He, he said sure, and we had a big yeah. conversation. And so now I'm helping his company out a little bit. So right. So that so so that's good. I mean, so and it was hard. It's it's hard to swallow sometimes when the the need to ask for help, but it takes courage to ask for help, and it's mm-hmm. actually a good way to you know really, um, I guess I stay stay grounded but also stay focused on the tasks that you're trying to, you know, save your business or build a business or trying to do what's best for you and your family. And I think everyone's in that same situation. So when I told my cousin that he totally got it. He said, yeah, man, like you gotta, you gotta gotta provide, man. And I get it. So let me help you out. That's great. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, as I often say, if you don't tell me what you, what you need, I don't know how to help you. Right. And so in that instance, your cousin didn't know that that was what you were needing in that moment. Right. And so being able to be brave enough to step forward and just say, you know, here's, here's the situation. If there's anything I can do to help you, which would help me, you know, that's a win, win situation for, for, um, for everybody. So, um, no, those are great examples. Thank thank you for that, for sharing that. Cause the, the big ask I think is, um, you know, it is intimidating to people. They think that it'll be seen as a sign of weakness, perhaps, or, um, you know, that um, that I'm struggling. And, and in reality, right. it's really more of a sign of strength that, hey, I'm trying to get ahead of this. I'm trying to yeah. do everything I can. I'm not afraid to work hard and to hustle. And this is what I'm looking for. So, yeah, yeah I think that's great. 
given the amount of networking that you do, is it exhausting for you? Like, how do you keep everybody straight? How do you remember that you and I met in, you know, California, whatever, eight years ago or whatever it might have been, right? So well, how, do you, how do you keep it? What's your process for it? Well, first off, uh, I don't remember everybody. Like, it's not possible, <laughs> right? But I mean, you know, like, you know, our, 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 but, I'm, but I, remember, I remember meeting you. I remember it was biz bash. Like, I remember mm-hmm. certain aspects of it, right? So, um, yeah. so with repetition, you start to remember people. But the, the big thing that helps me out is that whenever I don't know, I'll just be upfront. Listen, sorry, I don't remember where we met. Yeah. And you provide some context for me. And people understand, like, you know, and if, yeah. if they feel like, how can you not remember me, Bobby? Well, okay, well, you know, sorry. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I'm very, I'm very authentic about being apologetic and vulnerable about that. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. So that, that makes it uh, easier to do, uh, I think, for the most part. Uh, how to keep, I, I do have a, I often had a system for keeping track. Like when I used to add people on LinkedIn, I would, I would tag them with a certain word that would help me, like whether they're an audience member or whether it's someone I partnered with or someone that I met at a specific event that I could, I would remember. So there uh-huh. are things that I would do to tag, tag with, with myself. But now that it's kind of out of control and I have like now 55,000 followers on LinkedIn that I can't keep track of and the 468,000 on, on Twitter, like it's very hard to do that. And people often message me and say, oh, or even on the street. <laughs> oh, I was at a grocery store and so I was like, Hey, I follow you on Instagram. Like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And we're yeah. chatting, you know. Um, so yeah, you just keep it real and be authentic and understanding about that. And you know, when it comes to seeing in touch with people, you you post status updates and post up for the, everybody. And then for the ones you really want to see in touch with, you send them more direct private messages via email or text or whatever. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Who are you following these days? Who are you? I know you said Gary Vee and, and Brene Brown, but um, what are you listening to in terms of podcasts or books that you're reading? What, do, what is, how are you getting inspiration now? Yeah. Uh, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, I have a comedic background and I, I say that I, I actually, I love, I love some of the best comedians that are out there sharing content, particularly political stuff. So I always listen to uh, Stephen Colbert, Trevor mm-hmm. Noah, uh, John Oliver, and then Hasan Minaj. Probably those four are the big ones. So all four of them, I just love their stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll sometimes dabble in other, in other ones as well, like Samantha B or Bill Maher, but those four are probably the ones that I listen to them while I'm doing dishes. I listen to them while I'm, you know, going for a walk. Like, they're yeah. the ones. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't gotten a podcast, honestly. Like, I've tried. I, I, I've, been, I've been on over 120 podcasts myself as a guest. <laughs> But I haven't actually, you know, listened to podcasts, although I understand that it's, it's, a, it's the most digestible content out there. I've yeah. been interested, I've been interested in looking at Pod Save America. I read that's really, really good. And mm-hmm. I, I might be interested in maybe trying that out. And see yeah. Yeah. It, well, it'd be such a great platform for you, too, with all the great content that you have and, and sure, all the people you've been connected with. I know. I have no time. So, like, I do a live cast. I do a live cast twice a week, right? That's yeah. enough for me. And there's hardly any production value. It's just my phone. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm not a techie. So, for me, I'm keeping it real by just, I'll show up on podcasts if you can just show up and share my yeah. thoughts. Sure. No, that's so true. I didn't think in the beginning that I was going to like podcasting to as a listener because I'm not an auditory learner. And right. so for me that just to have that constant conversation in my head is, is a little bit, was a little bit tough to get used to, but now it's how I love to get content. And I find myself when I'm walking or running or even in my car, it's like, I feel like if I have you know time, I need to be I need to be learning something and just see it. It's just, it's just fascinating to hear such the great content and it's digestible when you want it, you know, and that's the great thing about, about podcasting. So great when, yeah. So maybe at some point for you down the line, 
And I'll tell you, I tell a lot of people right now, when it comes to connection and, and online and building a strong brand, the four hottest trends right now, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and podcasting. So yeah. if you want to pick one of those, just one, mm-hmm. and run yep. with it, you can do yeah. quite well. Yeah. Have you gotten into the TikTok? No, it's not really for me. It's not my audience. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm focused on building LinkedIn right now. Yeah. Twitter, yeah. Twitter is where it is, which is fine. Now I'm, yeah. working, I'm working on building LinkedIn. And so let's talk about LinkedIn a little bit. Um, best tips for, for building an, a profile for LinkedIn. Well, I think a lot of people don't take the time to really uh, leverage the, you know, the proper, I mean, the basic proper headshot, a great headline that tells people exactly what you do, especially your target audience. And then the summary, put, put in the summary, a nice story about who you are and how you help people and give them mm-hmm. quickly contact you. Because people on LinkedIn, they don't want to like try to scroll, scroll, scroll. They want to try. They want to try. They, they want to try to figure stuff out, right? So yeah. that's what they're trying to do. So yeah. I think that you make it make it easy for them. Make give them the links right away. Make it clear. Here's how I help people. Here's where you can contact me, and let's get get it. Make, make sure you have a really full profile that makes a really big difference. Yeah, definitely. And I and use it as somewhat as a blog too. I mean, it, it's such a great platform for conveying you know short articles or connecting to longer articles that you've written yeah. or just you know dropping questions in to start to get some community around. Um, well, a the big thing question. is to yeah. I mean, I encourage everyone to create content, but if you can't, then comment on people's content and demonstrate your expertise. Like that, that's a huge way to build engagement on who you are, what your brand is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So um, you said that in the beginning of the year, you were had a new uh, topic for your speech that you were going to do. So that was obviously exciting you in the beginning of the year. Yeah. What else are you working on that um, that is exciting you right now? Uh, what's exciting me right now is I'm about to launch a brand new, not only, not only a course, but a, it's a full program. So personal branding is a really hot topic right now. People are trying to figure out how to reposition, replay, mm-hmm. pivot on what they're trying to do or, or build on their brand. So I've been doing personal brand workshops for a decade, but I finally compressed it into an online course uh, with 25 videos and you know 30 plus exercises and questions, which, which is about 20 hours plus of work. But it's all online. And in addition to that, I'm launching it with a community program where basically people can get access to uh, me and a a community of people that want to work on their brands and we'll have weekly calls. And so uh, that's launching imminently, like in a week or two. So I'm very, very excited about that. So that's awesome. That's that's probably the big thing I'm excited about. And then the second thing I've started working on, I did a poll on LinkedIn and asked, what are the content you want me to create? And the the winner was, I thought it was going to be LinkedIn engagement, but the, the winner was storytelling. So now I'm going to talk about how to do storytelling across the media. So how to storytell on Twitter, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, video content, uh, courses, speaking. I'm going to basically talk about all, all everything about storytelling. So I'll probably work on that course uh, this summer. Okay, that's great. And and yeah. anyone who's interested in being a part of those courses, how would they best find you? Yeah, just you can follow me on, on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, my my handle is Rehan Bobby. Or you can just reach out to my companies with uh, the personal brand company called dypb.ca, Discover Your Personal Brand. That's great. Amazing. So, oh my gosh, all good nuggets, Bobby. Thank you so much Thank for you. that. So we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap up here with our rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I know it's very exciting. So um, whatever comes to top of mind, no judgment, just have fun with it. Okay. Number okay. one question, title of your lifetime movie. <laughs> wow, these are hard. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, the the twenty second hugger. 
perfect. If you could change places with any celebrity right this minute, who would it be? Uh, Salma Hayek's husband. <laughs> that is an amazing my, my wife's answer. Me, what are you talking about? <laughs> that is an amazing answer. Oh my god! <laughs> Not okay. a celebrity, though, eh? That's okay. That's okay. a perfect answer. That is like you can't get better than that. All right. Question three: When do you feel happiest? With my kids outside. We're going on a hike, you know, or we're just chilling in the, in the water at a beach. Like that type of stuff is the best. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, if you're running for politics, what would be your biggest campaign promise? My biggest campaign promise? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm very political. So, I mean, uh, the, the biggest campaign promise I can I would probably say is like really focusing on helping the most vulnerable people mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. I mean, that, that is like the biggest challenge, I think, in this world. We don't take up the vulnerable, vulnerable people. We, we don't take care of them as much as we could. I think that would be my more promise. Yeah, that's great. And I, I am amazed at how, uh, how tuned in you are to American politics too. You do a lot of commenting about American politics on, I do. on your social. And, and so I think that's amazing that you're paying that close attention to what's happening, you know, in the border below you. Well, I think it affects so, everyone and everywhere. Yeah. Of Canadians where we're, we're, we're super integrated in many ways and that, you mm-hmm. know, we're very similar. And I think it's important to know what's going on in the world too, you know, and I think, you know, like everything that happens close by, is going to happen here too. So yeah, definitely. Question. Next question. Ultimate dinner party, which four guests do you invite and why? Oh, wow. Ultimate dinner party. Well, uh, well, we'll have to invite Salma Hayek because I brought her up already. And she's <laughs> one of my biggest celebrity crushes. And I think she's really okay. awesome. That's one. Uh, number two, I'd probably want to invite one of those uh, four comedians I talked about. Mm-hmm. I'll, go with, I'll go with Stephen Colbert. I just think okay. he's a really fun guy. I think he'd be a good guy to be friends with and to know really well. I just, I just love his energy. And he reminds me of being a dad and things like that. So I think I'd probably yeah. pick him. Um, let's see. Other people. Uh, I'd love to invite, uh, you know, uh, really, really... Um, I'd love to invite Brittany Brown. I mean, I just think she's really great. I love the way she talks and she does stuff. So yeah, I think she'd be she'd be really great to talk to. Uh, I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna I'm gonna invite the Obamas. I just think perfect among the most thoughtful and engaging couples I know. Great, awesome. All right, right this minute you have to get a tattoo. What do you get and why? My kids' names. It's the only thing in my life that's permanent and forever. Perfect. Great. Biggest pet peeve in business? Um, people who don't read emails. <laughs> right? Yes. Just, just read, the, read the damn email. It says right. exactly what it is and you're asking right. questions that are in the email. Perfect. What is your wish for the next generation? I hope they find a way to really focus on processing their emotions and their better mental health because I think it's going to be one of the biggest challenges of their life. Yeah, that's great. Uh, when does your light shine the brightest? When I'm on stage for a thousand people. Yeah. Uh, you know, that or when I'm in a, with a bunch of like 10 kids at a picnic. <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> Extremes, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay, last question. What is your big ask, either personal and professional, right this minute, and how can we help you? Wow. Um, well, I mean, I think my big ask is, you know, as I launch my my professional program on personal branding, I'm looking for affiliates. So if there are people out there that have influence, that care about personal branding, personal development, and want to help people find more alignment and focus in their lives, 
then I would love to get people to help me promote this program and get it out there and help change people's lives for the better. So I think that's probably my big professional ask. And then from a personal level, uh, you know, I, I want everyone to really look at the three rules of empathy, you know, like when, when, in any sort of engagement, right? So when you're online with trolls or whether wherever you are, empathy is asking yourself three questions. Can I understand uh, how this person's feeling? Can I understand why they feel this way? And number three, most important, how can I support those feelings? Mm-hmm. And if you do that, uh, the world would be a much more heart-centric place. Mm-hmm. No better way to end it all than in that moment, Bobby. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Big S Podcast. And most importantly, thanks for making the world a better place because the content that you're sharing with all of us on a daily basis really does matter. So thank you for the important work that you're doing. Thanks, Nicole. Great to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah, you're most welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Ass Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe to and share the podcast with your friends. And be sure to connect with me on social at Miss Nicole Matthews or at Big Ass Podcast. Until next time, let today be the day you make a big ask. Big Ass.